You're listening to EG News, the podcast, the official podcast of the East Greenwich News publication produced by Nova Pro Media. Please visit eastgreenwichnews.com and join our newsletter so you can stay up to date with everything going on in our community. While you're at it, don't forget to hit that subscribe or follow button on this podcast so you can be notified every time we upload a new episode. And as always, don't forget to follow us on your favorite social media platform. And now, here's the show. Hi, everyone. It's Elizabeth McNamara from East Greenwich News, and I'm here with Joni Hinman. Hi, Joni. Good morning. And Jesse Tolpa. Hi, hey, everyone at Nova Pro Media, and we're doing our March podcast. It's March. I'm kind of excited. I don't know about you guys, but I'm seeing little little bulbs coming up. It's, crocuses. And crocus is actually yeah. in bloom. I think they kind of wanted to bloom like back in January when we had the, <laughs> the warm weather. But A few snowdrops, too. Yeah. Those are definitely. cute. So I'm, I'm excited. March is always a fun time. We're going to have daylight savings time, I think, this coming weekend. And then it's all downhill to summer. Oh, no. Wait. Downhill? What? Uh, well, you know, like a cruise. <laughs> what I meant oh, is it's a right. cruise down to, right? Yeah. Right. Okay. That something made like it that. sound like something negative as opposed to something make it sound like positive. something negative. Anyway, so we wanted to talk about, um, you know, the big stories that have been happening in the last um, month. And, and the first one is the building committee that's going to be the first one for the foreseeable future it was really. kind of, we've been talking about this i feel like we've yeah. been talking about this for a while already and and no decisions have even been made yet so yeah it is gonna be <laughs> but i guess uh, well i guess the update would be that there is really a lot of interest in getting community feedback yeah and so the plans have been trotted out there, and there's at least a couple community meetings scheduled for later on this month. There's actually nine sessions schedule on the schedule, but six of them are for P, you know at PTG meetings. I don't know if that means that Elizabeth McNamara, whose kids have already been through the schools, couldn't just show up, but those are kind of targeted toward those PTGs. And, um, and they're during their meeting times. Um, so then they have one that they're going to have for um, older residents. And that is a TBD, last time I heard. And um, although that'll probably get firmed up. And then two community forums later this month. What dates are those, I think guys? it's the 21st and the 30th at Cole. So the 21st is a Tuesday and the 30th is a Thursday. And, and that basically means if you've got any interest in this whole school building thing, whether you're worried how it's going to affect your tax rate or whether you want to just see what they're doing um, or you have an idea, a great idea or something you really don't like about what you've heard so far, show up. That's the best way to to influence this process. Now, you had a story in EG News on the tax implications. I mean, not that we know what the finalized numbers would be right. anyway. Mm -hmm. uh, do you want to review some of that? Because I thought that was pretty interesting. It wouldn't kick in for for a couple of years yeah, anyway. It wouldn't, you know, it, it, of course, it's super complicated, but... Um, it, it, but it's super interesting as well. Um, what they did was they kind of, I mean, there's really no way to know what our taxes would be in 10 years. However, they did take a bunch of basic assumptions. You know, they said, okay, let's say our budget increases between two and 3% a year, which is kind of where it's been, uh, maybe slightly higher than it's been. Let's say, um, here's how much we're gonna spend on these other projects. 
And if we spend $80 million on schools, this is how it's going to look. If we spend $100 million, this is how it's going to look. And $120 million, this is how it's going to look. We don't know if any of those numbers are the number that we're actually going to work with. But right. but if you like spreadsheets, guys, please <laughs> click, on, <laughs> click on those links. <laughs> You're going to get a lot of info. And, um, and maybe you'll even be able to understand it. But the bottom line is that because they there's... There's like, they're going to use some extra, some fund balance um, to offset the tax rate increases in those early years when we're paying debt on a lot of things, including these new school things. By 2031, some of the old debt will be off the books. And so the impact on taxes won't be as great for this newer debt, but According to their assumptions, they're basically saying, let's see here, um, you would see your largest tax increase if everything goes as planned today, um, which would be we, the voters actually approve a referendum in the fall, and we started borrowing probably in 2024, um, the tax, the biggest tax rate increase would be in 2025, which seems kind of funny, but somehow it's all going to be, it would be kind of ameliorated. It's not that your taxes wouldn't go up. I'm afraid to say they would keep going up, um, but not at such a high, high rate. Um, most of the increases beyond that would be in the 200 to 300 a year rate um, um, range. But that makes a bunch of assumptions. It, yeah, it, it does, and and for reimbursement too. And then, yeah. and if we go with the fewer, you know, the fewer number of schools, there's right. incentive there's for a that. Slightly higher. There's re, higher reimbursement. Yeah. that's one of the reasons the 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 tax implications are front loaded too. We don't get reim, we get reimbursed from the state at least thirty five percent, and they're aiming for fifty percent reimbursement. This the this committee is, but we don't get that reimbursement until we've pretty much finished the project. So then we start to see it. So that's part of the reason we're paying it now, but then we're going to get that money back, which will help also with the tax. And there's incentive for new construction versus uh, the refitting of Eldridge, for example. Right. Yeah. So newer and fewer, that gives us a couple, uh, you know, some percentage points more of reimbursement if we have newer and fewer buildings. Because retrofitting a school like Eldridge, as we've been told, would require bringing it up to code. This is one of the big things. So right now, it's kind of like um, a lot of a lot of Eldridge is grandfathered in. The facts, you know, their accessibility issues or maybe even the wideness of doors. I, I don't know what the particulars are, but there's a bunch of things that if you build a new school today, you would have to incorporate these particular things. Eldridge doesn't have those. As soon as we decide to invest money in Eldridge, we'd have to bring it up to code, which just means more money. Yeah, right. So that's, and that's and you know the what? big argument against a, you know fixing up renovating Eldridge to have it be a school. Don't you feel like that story of the closing of Eldridge as a school, maybe it'll be used for something else. Mm -hmm. I feel like that is going to just be kicked around until absolutely every single person, you know, 
really thinks it all the way through or sees how much it's going to cost or Mm -hmm. has a full understanding of why that's not one of the top three plans. Yeah, I I think so. And probably some people will still be against it. And there is one argument there. It's like, okay, if we need to fix up that building, where's that money going to come from? If it doesn't come from schools, from the school building project, where's the money going to come from? That would be additional money that wouldn't be reimbursable even. So that's a, a valid argument. Um, so it, it does get complicated and a lot of emotion, obviously. Very high emotion on you that know, one. Yeah. Um, people really like the idea of having a school people can walk to. And, uh, and the charm of an old building. And the charm of an old building. I do want to talk to the principal there, um, Dan Seeger, who's just a, a nice guy. Um, talk to him, maybe walk through the building. I mean, my kids went there, you know, so I'm familiar with it. Um, and just walk through, I don't know, just see what he has to say. Obviously, he doesn't have a lot of say in this, but... right. Nostalgia has a strong pull. Nostalgia has a strong pull. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's funny because I moved here from California, from Los Angeles, where you got no say in anything, kind of. You know, it's like things would just kind of happen or appear. New shopping malls, new this, new that. I, I didn't get any, um, you know, you wouldn't necessarily know it was all going to happen. And it happened. I'm probably being naive here because I did move away when I was 23. So I, I didn't live there as an adult. But my thought there was things just change quickly in a place like California or well, Los you're Angeles. In a new place too. Yeah. And California. Now, but so I moved to Rhode Island and I remember, you know, and I think I've even said this on the podcast before, but discussing Providence Place Mall before it was going to be built. And, um, you know, I was parking in a dirt parking lot to work at the Providence Journal in those days. That's where the mall is now. And, um, and I'm like, just put up the mall already. Um, but <laughs> what's the problem? People, people were really worried about it. They thought it would be this boondoggle and all this kind of stuff. And, and that somehow Rhode Islanders would end up with the short end of the stick. And, um, well, and, and it did have an impact on other malls, on, on smaller malls that were outliers. It did have yeah, an impact. You know, I mean, it, it, yeah. And so I have come, I haven't come like, I don't think we never have to change anything, but at the same time, I do value, I've come to value that sense of holding on to, to old things to a certain degree. So I, yeah. you know, which is, I guess, good because I live in a small town in New England where <laughs> things don't change very fast. Uh, speaking of change, though, what about that waterfront study? That certainly put forth a a lot of ideas um, I, for change and improvement. Was, I thought it was really a fun, a fun meeting to follow or a fun, um, you know, um, thing. I don't know if you guys have looked, if you haven't yet go on the website and the name is council reviews, waterfront ideas. But if you just do waterfront study or ideas, you'll get the story. Yeah, the and EG news, uh, website is on what the you mean. East yeah. Greenwich news dot mm-hmm. website. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yep. And, um, thank you, Joni. Um, <laughs> um, Anyway, you'll be able to see some of the pictures, and I think I can. I shared. We shared on there the whole briefing, and it's very many pages, and it's just kind of fun to see. There's places I've walked 
for years, you know, like I walked down to Scallop Town Park and it's not all that attractive going, you know, like walking down the drive into it. And they've got this really nice picture of a sidewalk meandering along the roadway, you know, and I'm like, of course, of course that makes sense, you know? Yeah. We walked um, it during the turkey trot. I saw some areas that I hadn't really walked yeah. um, before, and I was like, oh, yeah, this probably could use a little spiffing up. Yeah, it, you know, it could be good. And then there, there's always been the, the word from the uh, former Department of Public Works guy was that we, you, couldn't, you can't do anything at Scallop Town. It's pretty much what it is, you know, we could put in a couple of bushes or trees, but that's pretty much it. But it turns out, because it's a, um, a former landfill site, um, I thought it was capped with a permea- with a you know some kind of a membrane, but apparently it's not. Maybe that's why. I, but anyway, newer people in these positions believe that we could do something at the park. So they're talking about maybe redoing the parking lot and putting in some kind of a, I don't know if it's a Oh, a pavilion. I put in bandstand in my notes or something, but pavilion on that area, making it more usable. Plus, the vision is it's actually on the template for DOT to provide a pedestrian bridge over that connects Scallop Town Park, the very end of Scallop Town Park, with um, Ives Road. Ives Road? Forge Road. Sorry, Forge Road. By Goddard. Well, it's you know, before you get to Goddard, yeah. but right across, you know, there's just a little spit of water there and you just cross over so that you could have, and then ideally you have a bike path dedicated on Forge Road that would take you. That'd be great. It'd be really Outstanding. cool. And, um, it'd be another way into that area too, that right now there's only two ways to drive there and one way to walk there. And that's one of the other ideas I really liked, which was, um, uh, the idea for a staircase. Oh, at, um, is that the London street underpass? Yeah. The London street underpass. I mean, genius time. That's how I felt when I saw it. I'm, I'm part of the Helen Harbor neighborhood association. And for years that they've been talking about how we could improve that. And we're talking about like some kind of cool interactive art installation or, you know, just, um, more lighting and, and, um, maybe mirrors so people could see things better. And those might, are all okay ideas. Uh, if you guys aren't familiar with what I'm talking about, this is the, um, underpass that goes under the train tracks at London street that takes you from, you know, down the street from Bezos under the tracks, and then you land on Crompton Ave, and you're basically at the waterfront. Right. But it's not the most appealing way to get there. Like, Do you, you find it a little spooky? It's a little spooky. <laughs> it's I call it the graffiti dark. walkway. The graffiti walk, exactly. <laughs> and then there's like trash usually that's like collected because of wind in piles and... Sometimes you're not sure. You just, I mean, I can see if I were a young kid, I'd be like, okay, let's run fast, really fast through here, you know? <laughs> but so the the idea that they came up with, and who knows if this is what it would be, is just to have a stairway from Crompton Ave right down to where it goes under the train tracks. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, it, it makes sense. Makes total what sense. do you think about moving the transfer station or eliminating it? Ooh. I love the transfer station. So many people love the transfer I love station. It. I, I love it all the time. I like it too. Um, 
I, did I tell you my, my, my idea, a story idea that I haven't ever followed to on, but on a nice day this spring, I want to just spend a Saturday at the transfer station and find out what people are getting rid of. Yeah, I mean, but, and you know, sometimes they put stuff aside, like, well, I that saw. looks perfectly usable and somebody else will pick it up. Yeah. I, one can only hope. I mean, uh, we, we throw, we all throw away a lot of good stuff, but I thought it would just be fun and talk to people about it, especially now because the town the town for years, the town people, you know, officials have thought this is not the greatest and best use of that particular of waterfront parcel. property. Yeah, <laughs> that parcel. <laughs> we can't do a whole lot about this, the, the wastewater. I always want to call it the sewage treatment plant, plant but I'm trying to re to reorient um, myself and say the wastewater treatment plant. It I just so did much that nicer. calling it the transfer station instead of the dump. Yeah, well, there you go. The transfer (laughs) station where I transfer my dumpy stuff to the dump. (laughs) But but, so we can't do anything about the wastewater treatment plant. It kind of is going to be there. But does the transfer station actually need to be there? Could it be someplace else in town? Now, some people in town would say, we don't even need a transfer station because you can put pretty much everything you want out on the curb. We do have excellent pickup. We really do. Pretty vast. Even if you have like an old uh, mattress or a washing machine, you can call. I think in those cases, you call the town. You do call. I think the mattress mattress might be every third Saturday, possibly. Uh, I may have called myself. Somebody may have called. (laughs) Um, So they pick up so much stuff and they pick up a lot of yard waste, but they actually don't pick up yard waste like in December. And, you know, we always have a couple of bags maybe hanging around. I tend to just hold yeah. on to them, I think, until maybe I go to the transfer station. Although they do it right after Christmas for the trees. They do do it right yeah. after, but I think they're yeah. just getting the trees at that point. We actually mark it on our calendar. We're pretty excited about the yard yard waste pickup. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Okay. You guys yeah. are yard waste nerds, in other words. Is that is that what you're saying? Well, we're nerds in other ways, too. <laughs> <laughs> Nerd revenge. Um so anyway, if you guys haven't checked it out, uh, this is a preliminary plan. None of this is going to happen, of course, tomorrow, because first of all, you need money to do all of these things. Right. And How does that approval process work? These are all just ideas. These are all ideas. So um, I think it. They, I think a lot of this is going to get folded into the town's 10-year comprehensive plan, which is this just huge document that takes into account, um, you know, every facet of, of life, including, you know, like recreation, that whole community services master plan will also be folded into this. So maybe you put timelines on, we'd like to do this, this, and this, and, and when you might, when that might be possible. Some of this could be paid for by grant money. Um, the DOT pedestrian bridge is actually a state project. So, which is kind of nice. Yeah, that's um, great. Yeah, because otherwise you're talking about a lot of things that cost a lot of money. Yeah. Revamping so, the town, waterfront, schools. I know. I know. So it's all a bunch of um, you need to make hard decisions. But um, but some of this could conceivably, maybe you could get some money, uh, grant money. Um, there are a couple of town officials, the fire chief in particular, he just got another grant for like two hundred seventy or $300,000. I can't. I don't have the details on that, so sorry I mentioned it. So tantalizing, but he is um, Bernie Patnode is excellent at getting grants. Mm, to that's a things. wonderful skill. It is. Yeah. <laughs> it is. Yeah. 
but town people like it a lot. Speaking of tantalizing, what about that crumble cookies? I've gone twice now and the line's been too long both Get times. Out. Yes, yes. That place is packed. Very popular. Okay, I uh, true confessions. I was going to try and go there this morning and bring cookies to you guys. Uh, where's hello? I know. Where's my I know, cookie? But then I would have been late, and I was. That's just okay, right, Jesse? You, you okay. definitely would have been late. Late All with food. Oh. That's okay. Have yeah. you? So Jesse, <laughs> yes. have you gotten their cookies? I haven't gotten their cookies, but I was up at Dave's on. I guess it was Sunday, and. There was a line out the door. Get yeah. out. That's so I've cool. I've gotten as far as opening the door and they all yell, welcome to Crumble. And then I <laughs> then I was like, oh, I don't have this kind of time though to wait in this line. Because like, yeah. there were that many people there. Very popular. You well, mean like whenever you try go it once, the, yeah, at oh, least. How, well, yeah. that's true. That's true. Definitely. Um, some friend of mine, um, she got a cookie and she goes, yeah, I was only going to eat half, but she ate the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> and she goes, now I, I'm so full. I mean, it, it, I think they are kind of like a meal. It seems like they're fairly, so this fairly is sizable. Right in between Dave's and Savory Grape yeah. in the old Savory Grape location, just old in case people grape. don't yeah, know what we're talking right. about. I know. And, and so Crumble is a, is it a franchise? Um, I'm trying I to remember. So. I think so, franchise. And the, But the cool thing is a local family, the Nardozis, are the ones that open this um, Beth Nardozzi grew up in town, and um, they have three kids. The kids are helping out. Um, so that's really sweet. I love those local angles. Yeah. You know? Hey, did you teach your kids to drive in East Greenwich? We did. Where did you go? We Oh, oh to practice. Yeah, because I know I took my kids to New England Tech. And that was in the police blotter for for somebody doing donuts. But I well, but definitely they taught my kids there. there. They weren't doing it there. They actually, I don't know if we put it on the site, but that that was the funny part. The um, oh, they were New England Tech students, students. but they weren't at the parking no, lot. No, they were down the street. They were wise enough to go down the street. They went to On Semiconductor Building. And okay. this is what time? 10, 25 p.m. Police told three New England Tech students in a, um, a cyan hatchback, they were not allowed to do donuts and burnouts in the part in that. Well, they totally lot. owned it. They said that's exactly what they were One doing. One of the guys right? was like, yeah, I was just teaching my friends how to do it. <laughs> <laughs> that's the honest. kind of friend you need. Yeah. Right. I mean, they didn't, you know, they were just told they shouldn't do it. And I have to admit, okay, I know what a donut is. What exactly is a burnout? I have Jesse, no idea. Can you help us? That's when you spin the tires. And oh. just kind of standing still. Yeah. And then... Okay. Yeah, so, so you can do it just standing still, but you can also do it like before you take off. So you're spinning the tires and then... How do you accomplish that? I've done it on snow, like when I'm stuck. <laughs> you Generally, you need a... a a pretty powerful car to do it. Yeah. Is is the Scion hatchback? I a lot of people soup up Scion oh. Scion cars so, you know, they put like aftermarket turbochargers in them and stuff like that. We oh obviously are in need of a burnout lesson. Yeah. Okay. Elizabeth, you and me. Yeah, we we're going to head to it. the parking lot. <laughs> We've got Jesse with us. Police don't listen to this and we'll find we'll find a very private place to practice our burnouts and donuts. So you have something sweet that's new in uh, EG News that may have started last month, The uh, Sally's column about acts of kindness. Oh. Well, Sally had wanted to do a thing where people wrote in about good things she does. A woman, Sally Gibney, who um, 
is just a lovely, lovely person who moved to our town during the pandemic because and, she, her daughter was here. And she worked and on the uh, the fifth birthday. And she helped for us EG out. News. She yeah. did. She helped us out with our big fundraiser. She's. Um, I had met her because we both like Sandy Point and uh, the beach at, in Potawatomi, and. Um, and she gave me one of her caring coins, and um, you can read all about her. So we have a, a, a new writer, Maura uh, Laguerre, who um, wants, she's the one who wants to do this, um, like once a month, an article on good news. Mm-hmm. You know, some people in town doing good things, you know, kind of under the radar things that um, need a little light. In this case, though, um, we don't want this to be too under the radar. Sally is looking for all of us to do a total of 1 million acts of kindness, which is um, could have been for me today to bring you guys cookies. It could have been. Shoot. I think I need to go do that and come back. Yeah. I'm going to call that an act of disappointment. What yeah. about you, Jesse? Yeah, that's a detractor. You almost got a cookie. Uh, now, I'm, now, I'm like, now I'm in the minus category. <laughs> I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to work on this. Um, <laughs> but she's talking about like holding the door yeah, or I mean, small things. You know, yeah, saying yeah. hello to somebody, taking the time with you know somebody who who. Oh, we saw a woman waiting outside or waiting outside a um, at a medical building yesterday. She was in the lobby and she'd been sitting there a while. And the woman I was with, of course, talked to her and said, "Hey, what's?" what's going on? And she said, I'm waiting for my ride. It was supposed to be here and it's not. And anyway, I thought, you know, that's, I probably would have just walked right by, but this friend of mine, Kate, um, Gologly Lowell, for those of you who know her, cause she knows half of the town. Um, she took the minute to, to talk to this woman and made her probably feel a little better as she was waiting for her arranged ride. That's why Kate knows half the town. That She's is stopping why. and talking. Yeah, that is so true. <laughs> it is so true. Um, so a little lesson and a, an incentive for us all for the month of March to just think um, a little outside your comfort zone, perhaps, and um, be nice. Thanks so much, everybody. Um, and we will see you next month in April. It is East Greenwich News, and we're signing off. Bye. You've been listening to the EG News Podcast, the official podcast of the East Greenwich News publication. If you haven't already, head on over to eastgreenwichnews.com and sign up for our newsletter so you can be notified of everything that's going on in our community. And also, hit that follow or subscribe button so that you can be notified every time we upload a new episode.